today. Let's pray. Father, you are a good God who gives great gifts of creativity and we marvel at you. Lord, we're grateful for your love, your kindness, your desire to work in us and through us for the purpose of your glory and our joy. And so, Lord, I just pray that your, your name would be magnified, lifted high, celebrated, famed, loved, adored, obeyed in all things. Lord, we know that there are those that are here who are so discouraged, they're distracted by their discouragement. There are those who are here who have such responsibilities that they're being weighed down by them. There are those here whose marriages need a resuscitator, whose children need a turnaround, whose lives need revival. And so, Father, I pray that You would remove the distractions, remove the disappointments, remove these things that we might focus on Jesus, that You might be lifted high and that we might rejoice in your fame. We thank you, O oh God, for this talk. We thank you for this time together. We ask that in Jesus' name, we would be able to finish this sermon by doing it. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In, in 1771, there was uh, an encyclopedia that was published. Anybody know the name of that encyclopedia? It's Britannica. Yeah. It's the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's been around for over 200 years. And it was a mainstay. It literally was the very first super information highway. It was where everybody went to get their facts, their figures, their ideas, their thoughts confirmed or denied. It was a source of information. Now, what happened is that it was the undisputed champ of the encyclopedia world for hundreds of years up until about 1993. Anybody remember what happened in around 1993? No. In Carta. Who remembers Microsoft in Carta? It would come with your brand new computer. You would get a disk for it. Some of you are young and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, all right. And so, does anybody remember in Carta? that you would get it, you would put it in your computer, and then all of a sudden, you would have a wealth of information. You would have all the stuff, but not on volumes and volumes on your bookshelf, not something that took a, a, a forklift to pick up, not something that cost you years of pay, but on a tiny disk, you could pop it into your computer, and at the push of a few buttons, you would be able to have as much information as you could have. But a few years later, that was trumped. Does anybody know what the number one encyclopedia today is? Anybody know what that is? No. It's Wikipedia. It's Wikipedia. Now, listen. Wikipedia. Now, here's the thing. The Encyclopedia Britannica hired professionals, doctors, people with master's degree to do their stuff. So did Encarta. Encarta hired professionals, people with master's degrees, to do their, uh, their digging and their research. They hired editors and staff. 
They hired writers to put it all together and to present a very polished product. They, these guys went all out. Anybody know who Wikipedia hired? No one. Anybody knows who writes Wikipedia? You and me. You see, Wikipedia understood that if you get a bunch of professionals together, they could do a fair job, a good job. They could be able to go out and present the product, give information, and people would be blessed. But they understood that if you were going to reach the masses, if you were going to be the very best, you were going to have to harness the power of everyone. And that's what they did. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Today, we're going to talk about how Wikipedia stole that idea from the Bible. They didn't invent that. That's been around for thousands and thousands of years. The Bible has been telling us for thousands of years that we are not to put our stock in professionals, that we are not to wait on those who we think are religious leaders, but in fact that we are to come together and be greater than the sum of our parts. Now, the problem is, is a lot of us won't believe that God could bring us together and use you, use your pains, your past, your sufferings, your difficulties, your experiences, your mistakes, and the things you got right. That God could use all of these things together to glorify Himself in the body of Christ. Today, I want to convince you that that's exactly what God has done. God has taken all of your experiences all of your pains, all of your heartaches. He's taken it all, and then He's brought you to... Now, again, I'm speaking... Th this is a series for Christians. This is a sermon for Christians. If you're not a Christian, I want you to really tune in because it'll give you an idea of whether you want to actually trust in Jesus or not. But there is not one person here who is better. There is not one person here who is above. There is not one person here who is greater. There is the body of Christ who God wants to glorify Himself with. Now, in order to convince you of that, and I'm going to tell you the lesson. We're going to learn one lesson today. That's all we ever do, right? We just learn one key idea and we try to live with it. Try to flow it out. But before I get to that key idea, I have to convince you, some of you, that God has given you a gift that I lose if you don't use. The person sitting in your seat, the person with your past, the person with your abilities and limitations, the person who's been scarred emotionally, and the person who has experiences and educational opportunities that no one else here had, listen to me, he wants to use every bit of you, and he'll give you the gift and the ability to do so.
Some of us don't believe that God will do that. Some of us don't believe that God will use the person wearing your shirt, sitting in your seat for the glory of God and the joy of those around us. Now, I understand what that's like. I grew up in an environment. I wish, I wish you could have been with me when the teachers would yell at the top of their voice at me about why I wasn't like my brother or my sister. I wish you could have been there when Mrs. King, Raymond remembers this, grabbed my hair because I couldn't get a particular thought that she was trying and waved it around and convinced me through her violent acts that I was very stupid. I wish you could have been there when when my dad left and it convinced me that I was of no good use. I wish you could have been there with when I was abandoned by my mother and my father at the age of about five. I wish you could have been there. Because over and over and again, I was given the message that what I have is not worth much. That what I have to offer is not valuable. I wish you could have been there when they told me, um, you know what, Edwin talks way too much. He'll grow out of that. I wish you could have been there when they told me to get serious and stop joking around so much. I wish you could have been there. But you don't have to be there, do you? You have your own story. You have moments in your life, in your history, when people have said that you are less than God has made you to be. When people have determined to break your spirit. You, you don't have to be in my life. You have experiences where the very people around you who are supposed to build you up and help you grow said awful things. Things like, you ain't nothing. You'll never be nothing. You came from nothing. And you're going to nothing. You, you don't need my experiences. You have your own. And to that, and to those moments, and that experience, there would be a heavenly creator in the universe who has scars on both hands and who would raise the one hand with, hold, with a hole in it and say, I object. I have created them with dignity, value, and worth. So what I want you to do is I want you to suspend what mom said and what dad did and what auntie wound up pounding into your head or what grandma kept on doing. I want you to suspend the thoughts in your mind that can only... Do you know that over 90% of what you say to yourself, 90% of self-talk is negative. 90%. 90%. Over. 90%. Could you imagine? Could you imagine having a friend that sticks around who every time, nine times out of ten, they op- when they open their mouths, nine times out of ten, it's negative. It's to criticize you. You know what we call those people? Ex-spouses. 
we don't stay around those people. We call those people enemies. We call those people... Listen, we don't stick around those people. Nobody wants to be around those people, yet we do it to ourselves over and over and over again. God has an objection, and he has a different story to share with you. And so today we're going to look at God's words, because who cares what my dad said? Who cares what Mrs. King said? Who cares in moments of life when I didn't have people to affirm the quirkiness of who I was? Who cares if God says different? And our cons- we are consumed Not by my opinion of myself. It's not very high, quite frankly. Not by your opinion of me. That, while being probably higher than my own opinion of myself, is not the one that should matter. We are going to focus on the only opinion that matters. The one that is found in God's Word from God the Creator. Now, we are going to, and we have a tradition in our church, we stand because we believe that when God speaks through his word, it's a big deal. And so we're going to open up God's word. And we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you uh, don't have a Bible, I believe inside your uh, uh, bulletins, you're going to have the scriptures. You can write on that, circle that. If you have your own Bible, I want you to open up to 1 Corinthians Chapter 12. And we're going to see what God thinks of us. Or what God, more clearly, what God has done for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every everyone, it is the same God at work. Now I want everybody to read verse seven in a nice and loud voice. Would you would you read it for me nice and loud? Verse seven, one, two, three. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Stop. We're going to spend a lot of time on that verse. To one there is given through the Spirit, a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith, by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing, by the the one Spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues." Verse 11, let's read it together. One, two, three. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. 
May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Now, let's dive in. Now, all of you know, you've been here for a minute. You know I just love talking about the Bible. I love studying the Bible. I wish we were in India. You would give me more time uh, to preach the Bible. And we're going to dive into it. But there's two verses that we're really going to dig into. The reason I give you more is because I never want you to get used to just hearing one verse and then making a decision about it. The Bible doesn't have verses that, are, that live without context. Meaning, if you just heard me say in a, in a conversation, if you just heard me say to the pastors in a conversation, um, well, if you go, it won't matter. If you just walked by and heard me say that to uh, the pastors, and you just took those words, you could make any one of a bunch of assumptions. It could have been a compliment. If you go, it won't matter. It could have been an insult. If you go, it won't matter. It could have been a threat. If you go, it won't matter. It could have, it could have been any one of a number of things. You know what helps you to understand those words? Context. What happened? The rest of it. Now, now listen to me. This is very important. Context is important. So, the book of First Corinthians was written by a man by the name of Paul. Paul was an apostle. Paul was a persecutor of Christians, went on a road to persecute Christians, and Jesus changed his mind. I bet some of us have some of that experience, right? On our way to do sin. And Jesus goes, uh, I got a better idea. And that's what Jesus did, changed his mind. Miraculous uh, experience. He was a persecutor of Christians. This very man who was a persecutor and hater of Christians becomes one, but doesn't become just a Christian who just sits at a, a service, who listens to sermons. He believes that God has given him a gift. And someone might say, but Paul, but Paul, what about the sin that you've committed? He goes, I know, it's great. But you know, you murdered Christians. I know, I know, it's awful. But your past, you can't outrun it. We remember, yeah, I know, but God has given me a gift. A gift to use for the blessing of others. And so Paul writes this letter. And as he's writing this letter, it's a corrective letter. Now the thing about 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, the books of Corinthians, the thing that you ought to know, uh, the thing that you ought to know is simply this. There were more letters written by Paul to the Corinthians. We just don't have them. We're fine with that. The reason we're fine with that is because God put in his Bible, we know What God put in his Bible is not exhaustive. It's just enough. So there might be other letters. Now, how do we know that? For instance, I give an example. In the book of John, at the very end, at the last chapter, John says, I suppose if I wrote everything, all the miracles that Jesus did, there would be a not enough, everybody know what this says? Not enough books in the world to contain them all. What was John saying? John was was saying that what we wrote here is not exhaustive, but it's enough for you to believe, enough to grow you in faith, enough for you to trust God's Word. So that's what we have in God's Word. We have enough. So we know that Paul wrote more letters, but not every one of them got into the Bible. And so Paul, so God must have a very specific reason for this particular letter and for this particular set of sentences. And so he starts, he says, now about the gifts of spirit, when you, hear, when you see the word now, you understand that they're changing the, the, the conversation, they're changing the subject, the, the, the title or the subject matter. Now, 
uh, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do you know why he said, I do not want you to be uninformed? Because they were uninformed. And many of us right here are completely uninformed about what it means to have the gifts of the Spirit. You think that if the gifts, and we can jump down, because this is where a lot of us get our sort of theology, and, and I'm going to try to, you know, it's going to sound harsh, um, but, but just stay with me. If you look at verse uh, 8 and on, we're going to talk about this, but I just want to reference this quickly. To one, there is given, the, given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of that tongues. We sort of gravitate, in church world, we sort of gravitate to the more spectacular, right? We, 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 like, we, don't like, we don't like steady plotting. We like highlight reels, right? Everybody's favorite player is um, uh, LeBron James, not Tim Duncan. Right? Tim Duncan is a basketball... Only the two guys got that. Okay. So, um, meaning... Meaning that uh, uh, LeBron James is a highlight reel. He does spectacular things. Jumps in the air, spins around, dunks the ball. Tim Duncan, you know, pulls up just very simply. Kind of loops it in there. It's just... It's not spectacular. But Tim Duncan wins. And so now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. In church world, we like to think of the spectacular as the most important. And God would say different. This thought that Paul is writing here in chapter 12 carries on till chapter 14. The thought goes all the way through to 14. And anybody know what... uh, So Paul is speaking about service to one another. Anybody know what chapter 13 is of 1 Corinthians? It's the love chapter. He goes... These are not, don't, don't, don't pursue these gifts. These aren't the ones that you should pursue. The one on love, that's the one. That's the one that binds us together. So we look for the more spectacular gifts because we're uninformed. And he says in verse 2, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Meaning that they went to other wrong places to get their information. For many of us, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't identify so much with idolatry or idol worship such as they would identify with, but you and I have been raised in schools of thought, in churches, in homes, that everything that you know about God is wrong. Just everything. Everything. Like every idea other than that God exists is wrong. Right? You grew up in a home, and, you know, God is supposed to make me happy. Eh, wrong. No, not true. God's primary job is not to make you happy. God forbid, right? Because what would make some husbands happy would make some wives miserable. So God forbid that he would give that husband exactly what he wanted, right? God is not, God is not like that. That would be silly. God would not be, even God wouldn't be able to do that, right? Because and then you would be happy at the expense of others, right? A lot of times our happiness comes at the expense of others. We, we some, some of us believe that, well, if I feel it, I should do it. These are wrong ideas. Some of us believe that God, you know what, we'll just do whatever God, whatever we want to do, and God will forgive me. As if God's primary job was to dispense only forgiveness and not see you grow. These are not the ideas of God. Some of us were led astray. 
by mute idols or talking heads. Therefore, as a result of what I just said, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, if someone says, I'm speaking for God, and says something that's contrary to God, it's not from God. So, if you have a beautiful Christian lady um, who says that God told, her to, God told you to leave your wife so that you could go with her, she, did, she just said, Jesus is cursed. If you have uh, uh, and I, if someone in your job says, it's no big deal stealing money from your job, then, then what they've just said is that Jesus be cursed. No one says that by the Spirit. No one says that by the Spirit. If, it's, if, it's, if, if you have, wow, if you have someone saying that it's okay for you to act out on sin, that's Jesus. No, we're not saying that. Let's race. Verse 4. Um, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now listen to me. Gifts, service, workings. Gifts. We have gifts like healing and um, speaking tongues. You should know, I believe, that these gifts are applicable and apply today. Today that there are those of you who have the gift of speaking in tongues, and I celebrate that, and I love that, and I want you to just rejoice in that. There are some of you who have the gift of healing, and I celebrate that, and I rejoice in that. And there are some of you who, who have the gift of just miraculous things happening, and there's just we celebrate that. We love that. We wonder and marvel at that. That is nothing that we should distinguish. Now, there are, the Bible, if you read the same thought, go back to chapter 14, we should understand that the gifts are given, listen to me, in verse 7. Now, wait, let me just say this about service and then working. Gifts are these supernatural things that the Holy Spirit manifests himself through us. Service, service is the kind of stuff that Milton was talking about earlier today. It was like, oh yeah, I get to serve in the food pantry, in the soup kitchen. Those are acts of service. I clean toilets, I answer phones, I distribute bags, I pack bags, I cook meals. Whatever it is, those are acts of service. And the Holy Spirit empowers you, manifests himself. That when the Holy Spirit works in you, amazing things start taking place. And then there are different types of working. These are offices. Offices like, um, like okay, my office. I have, there, there's an office of pastor. Then there's an office of, oh, these are workings, right? That they, they, this is what they give themselves to. Pastor. There are offices of evangelist. There are offices of prophet. There are off, these are offices that the that, uh, people of God are raised up for the purpose of blessing the body. But now, here's what I want you to hear in verse 7. And this is as far as we're going to be able to go. Verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We just said a mouthful. We're going to spend the rest of the sermon on that one verse. Now, to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given. What? For the common good. For the purpose of the common good. You, listen... I, I just want you to hear me so bad on this. You are never 
given a gift by the Holy Spirit for you. Ever. Ever. If you have, listen to me, listen to me. If you have the gift of of being able to understand, it's not for you to get a big head. To understand God's word, it's not for you to get a big head. If you have the gift of mercy, it's not for you to just serve your little tribe and your little apartment complex or your little family or something like that. All of the gifts, listen to me. Listen, now to each one, that means every Christian here, every Christian within the sound of my voice, everyone is each given the manifestation, that is the the, the representation, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So that when I use my gift, you should be happy. I should be spent, you should be happy. I should be exhausted, you should celebrate. I should be just tired, you should. That when I'm in my office, right, and you don't see this, right, all you see is like, you know, whatever it is, you know, four hours on Sunday, right, that's how long I preach. And so um, that's, um, that's all you see. But you don't see, you don't see the grappling with the text, the conversations that I have with others, the weeping that I do over the text when the Spirit convicts me of the very same thing that I have to preach to you. You don't see that kind of wrestling, and you don't have to. It's my joy and my gift, and it's I gladly give it for as long as you'll have me. You've got a gift, too. You have, um, and watch this. I lose if you don't use your gifts. Because here's the big idea for today. And this is what I want you to take away. Because if you're... Listen, and uh, let me just say this before I tell you the big idea. Listen. I know. If you still believe that the pastors are supposed to do all the work, that the office workers are supposed to do all the work, is that the people who are walking around, the, the, the professionals, you know, those, the guys who are wearing ties and, and suits and jackets, those guys, the guys who are up here with microphones, the people who are playing instruments, if you believe that it is only to them that God's Spirit has been poured out, then you've missed it all. You've missed the joy, the purpose of life, the satisfaction that is found in Christianity. Because here's, listen, we all miss out. We all miss out when you don't use your gift. Listen, you hurt my children when you don't use your gift. You hurt, listen to me, my brother is dying to hear about Jesus. And he won't do it if you don't use your gift. You go, I don't know your brother, but I don't know who you're going to reach. Who's going to reach him? Listen to me, listen to me. Here's the big idea for today. Not one of us is as good as all of us. Not one of us is as good as all of us. There is, I mean, I mean, we've got, and we've got players up in this piece. We've got cats who can sing. Have you ever heard Atiano sing? Just moves my soul. Have you ever heard Raymond speak? Have you ever seen Gus organize? Have you ever, like, over and over and over, we've got killers up in this piece. Have you ever seen Claudio um, work in the financial 
area and just amazing. Have you ever seen Pedro spend hours and hours organizing the mercy ministries that we have, like food pantry? Everything? It's a gift. You can't even take credit for that. Listen, bunch of the guys, listen, the last guy that I just said, shooting heroin before we met him. We, he cannot take credit for feeding 400 people. It would be preposterous. Listen to me. Listen to me. And those people were not going to be fed. 400 people don't get fed. Because Milton decides to take a day off. Or Alex decides that his looking up online for the best price for this church so that we could buy enough food for all these families. Because you know what? Because they go, listen, it's not, it's not like a, a, a preaching gift. It's not like a, a singing gift or a playing gift. It's not like a, a big, uh, no, 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 no. See, I don't have that gift. And so you know what churches wind up doing? People wind up starting to get jealous about the one gift that they wish they had rather than the one gift that the Spirit of God has given them. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't want you to be. The Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit has given you a gift to bless the person you have not met yet. The Holy Spirit is here and has given you the gift. Not will give you, has given you the gift for the purpose of blessing others. The Holy Spirit is here right now saying there's a gift that I've given you. Would you sleep on it? Why would you, if it's the very purpose that he's brought you here? The Holy Spirit has not brought you here to hear me, but to bless me with your gift, the one that he's given you. And you know why? Listen to me. If you're unsatisfied with the church, you want to know why? Because not one of us is as good as all of us. If you wish that there were more people serving in a particular ministry, you know why? Because not one of us is as good as all of us. If you feel like the, what we're providing here at this church, this beautiful recovery, unique recovery house of worship, it's because there's not one of us that's as good as all of us. Last week... I saw a miracle. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? I saw a miracle last week. I saw two young people who had not given their hearts to Jesus not a year ago. Not a year ago. By Recovery House of Worship, the shoes that she was wearing, Recovery House of Worship, someone donated those or bought them. I mean, she picked them out, but someone paid for them. The dress that she wore, someone bought that. The suit that he wore, he doesn't have a suit. Someone gave him that too. The shirt and the tie that he wore, someone gave him that too. The counseling that they received, someone gave him that too. The space in order to meet and make it a memorable, God-glorifying moment, someone gave him that too. The, the people who were on their feet looking at Jesus receiving the bride as the Father brings, as a picture of the gospel. Someone gave him that too. 
I've never been more proud of you, Recovery House of Worship. The meal that they ate, someone cooked that. Another person bought it. Another served it. The tables that were set, you know someone did that too from Recovery House of Worship? You know why? Because the Spirit of God, when He moves, He gives gifts and talents. He gives abilities and workings. He does things that we could never do on our own. You know why? Because not one of us is as good as all of us. So what are you going to do? You go, I don't know my gift. Then I got some instruction for you. This week, what I want you to do is I want you to go serve crazy. You've heard of stir crazy, right? I want you to go serve crazy. Here's what I want you to do. At every moment, at every moment, I want you to go, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want you to just tell me, what, what is, do you want me to say a word of encouragement? Do you want me to lay hands on this person for healing? Do you, want me to, do you want me to lead? Do you want me to serve? Do you want me to pick up a chair? Do you want me to, listen, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to love my wife when she's not being lovely to me? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to use whatever? And I want you to just go crazy. This is your week. Recovery House of Worship, this is our week to see the Holy Spirit move in ways that you cannot possibly imagine. To move in your life for miracles and healing and moving. You can't, you can't imagine what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life, through your life, in your family, through your family. You can't even imagine. This week, you're going to go serve crazy. And we're going to fame Jesus. And we're going to celebrate God. And I'm going to be blessed. And my kids are going to be blessed. And you're going to be blessed. Because, listen, not one of us is as good as all of us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this time together. We are grateful for all that you've done and are doing We are grateful for your Spirit moving in the way that He has. Holy Spirit, you are God. We confess you as not a force. We confess you as not a power, but we confess you as God, Almighty Holy Spirit. We submit our lives to you as you lead us, whether to bless or serve or feed or give or lay hands on or whatever you would have us do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would dig this so deep in our hearts that it would never find any other light other than your light shining in our lives. I pray that we would be so impressed by this truth that, Lord, we would be blessed because of everyone around us using the gifts that they have. Holy Spirit, I ask that you have your way in a powerful way. In our souls, I pray that not one of us, not one of us, would deny the rest of us by having another week where Christianity equals punching in a clock, coming to a place, sitting in a chair. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would abolish that and that you would be glorified and that we would all worship Jesus. And celebrate Him for what you've done. Because not one of us is as good as all of us.